HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome to The Line, a special live episode coming to you from Charleston in our Heritage Radio Network uh, TP. I am very excited to be joined by acclaimed chef Manit Chauhan. She's the executive chef and co-owner of Chan Ale and Masala House and the co-owner of Mantra Artisan Ales, Tansuo and the Mockingbird in Nashville. Before opening up these ventures, the Indian native graduated from the Culinary Institute of America. She has been a permanent judge on the TV show Chopped, for which she won a James Beard Foundation Broadcast Media Award in 2012. She's been on a lot of TV. She's been on The View. She's been on CBS This Morning, Iron Chef, Next Iron Chef. She's incredibly busy. Uh, Chef, welcome to this special live episode of The Line. Thank you. You forgot to say that I've been on Heritage Radio Network also. Well, and Last here, year in Charleston. And here you are again. Thank you for uh, carving out a little time for us. I'll start off with the really obvious question, which is, how do you uh, balance this heavy work-life schedule? Balance is BS. <laughs> uh, I, 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 was, yeah, I was told that uh, I wasn't going to be bleeped out. So um, I think balance is a myth. In the end of the day, what works for me personally is what drives me and what makes me think what's the best for my family. Um, and um, I spend my days just trying to keep my head above water. And it works for me and I enjoy it thoroughly. So yeah, that's balance for me. So when you say trying to keep your head above water, you've got uh, a lot of, of restaurant projects. Uh, what's a day-to-day -day like in Nashville for you? When you're on the ground, are you going in? Are you... Are you touching tables front of house are you in the kitchen working on recipes like how do you spend a, a day if there is a normal day for you um i do not have a normal day i travel so much but when i am uh, in nashville i absolutely make it a point that um the most important thing is to drop off the kids to school head to the restaurant and all three restaurants are connected so, which is the amazing part. Our offices are above the restaurant. So the incredible part is that I make it a point uh, that I spend time with, the, um, with my team members and I always make it a point that I'm outside meeting guests, which is amazing. R&D is something which is constantly happening in the background. So um, we are constantly uh, uh, talking with the team members. They are coming up with ideas. We are looking at dishes evolving from there so yeah it's 
it's a very dynamic working uh, situation that I have, and that's what I love about it. For those listening that, that haven't been lucky enough to go to Nashville and visit your restaurants, uh, what do you serve at, at the Mockingbird? What kind of food do you have at Tensuo? And um, what, uh, what kind of flavor profiles are you working with at the restaurants? Are they very similar or are they completely different? Not at all. So uh, Chohan Ailen Masala House was the first restaurant that we opened in Nashville around three years back. And that is... Um, modern Indian with a southern twist to it. I mean, so think about, when you think about Nashville, you, you're talking about um, um, hot chicken, right? So we have our Indian version of it, hot chicken pakoras, or uh, the meat in three, which is pretty much our thali. Um, so that's what we do at Chohan. Tanso is a modern Chinese restaurant. So um, we have fun. Um, we have the Peking Duck over there. We have dim sums on Sundays. We have a dim sum cart for brunch, which makes it so fun. Um, and this is Chinese food at its best. Um, and that's all from all over China. We have, uh, you know, Shanghainese, we have Shezwan, dim sums, etc. And then Mockingbird is our, um, it's our modern diner uh, concept. Um, our partners, Mikey and Brian, Brian is uh, the chef and Mikey manages the place. And um, what they have done is taken things, um, okay, one of my best favorite dishes is deep um, chicken fried chicken with chorizo steak and salsa verde mashed potatoes. Yes, I am going to Can't be really putting down so many pounds thanks to that, but it's delicious. So that pretty much sums up uh, Mockingbird. How was the decision made to have them be together? Was it just a real estate decision? Like you found a big spot and you wanted to subdivide them? It sounds like it could be very complicated for some reasons, but also from a log logistical standpoint, do they all share a back kitchen? Like what's the structure of the restaurant? So the three restaurants are individual restaurants. Um, they are connected um, via these back alley doors, but uh, the kitchens are separate. We operate these three restaurants as three different entities. Um, I, I, I always joke, it's like having um, children. It's three different children with three different personalities um, and three different worlds of problems, right? But, um, and that's how we do it. The idea was not um, consciously decided. We didn't, de uh, we didn't decide that we are going to take up this entire building and divide it into three restaurants. We opened Chohan first and the space next door became available and we are like, let's take it. It was too big for one restaurant. We were like, okay, let's divide it and make two restaurants. And then we, um, with Chohan, what really worked for us was the fact that we were so unique. This is what Nashville wanted. Um, nothing like Chohan had been done in Nashville. So then we started looking around that what is... Um, what is missing in the Nashville tapestry, you know, culinary tapestry. And we were like, huh, a Chinese place. Let's do that. Oh, a diner. This would be so amazing. So that's how the rest of the concepts evolved. Uh, it, it, in today's restaurant landscape, there are often uh, people are defying the expectations of what they should be cooking based on sort of where they're from or what people would assume that, you know, if you're from Italy, 
You would open an Italian restaurant. It's not really like that anymore. Uh, I do want to know about your early childhood. Where are you from? And also, uh, when you first came to the States, where were you cooking? Uh, where was sort of your first career move? And what kind of impact did that have on you uh, to come from India and then move to the United States and be working here? Oh, my God. How many hours do we have for this We have show? four more hours for <laughs> okay. you to answer that question. Okay. Once upon a time, and I'm just kidding. Um... I have always been obsessed with food. Food has been something which is, um, which has always been my first love. Um, uh, and if my husband Vivek is listening, I love you, sweetie. But that being said, um, I, my parents joked that I was born with a ladle in my hand. And I grew up in this really small town in eastern India called Ranchi where my dad was an engineer and there were people from all over India as our neighbors. The incredible part about India is that each and every state has a very distinct cuisine of its own. So I would have dinner at home and then go to my neighbor's place and tell them that my parents hadn't fed me, so could I eat dinner with them? And that's Sneaky. Oh, yes. Uh, not much has changed. That's all that I can say. Um, and I would literally sit at the dining table or in the kitchen and, and be that obnoxious why kid, but in terms of food. Why are you heating the oil? Why are you adding the mustard after the oil is hot? Why are you adding um, these spices now? So that was a great um, experience for me. And as time evolved, my uh, older sister, she went to college and every time I would go to meet her, I would take food. And suddenly I realized that I was the most popular kid on campus and I didn't even go to school there, right? I'm like, this is amazing. This is something that I love and people love me for it. Why don't I take this as a career? And at that time in India, I mean, this was... A couple years ago. Five, yeah, just a few years ago. Yeah, I'm dating myself, right? But um, at that time, the acceptable careers were to be a doctor or an engineer. And over here, um, in a society where, um, you know, girls are barely tolerated, I wanted to be a chef. It was unheard of. And my parents were very supportive. They're like, do whatever you want to. Make sure you're the best at it. So I did my undergrad in India. I came here to go to the CIA, which was incredible. And right after that, I worked at uh, um, an upscale Indian res uh, restaurant in South Jersey, very close to Philadelphia. And that's where, that's what cemented my entire perception of Indian food. I grew up with food which is seasonal, which is fresh, which is incredible. And the first time I went to have Indian food in America was 8.95 all-you-can-have buffets. And I took the first bite and my friends were very polite. They're like, mm, this is nice. And I'm like, this is crap. Like, this is not Indian food. This is not what I have grown up with. So that became a crusade for me to let people know the true beauty of Indian food. It doesn't need to be, you know, greasy, overly spiced with spices that don't make sense. It can be subtle. It is seasonal. Uh, so, so, yeah, that's how it started. Manit, I'm, I'm sorry that we are running short on time. Uh, I definitely want to have you back in Brooklyn so we can do a full episode of The Line and sort of dig into some of these topics deeper. I'll get you out of here on this last question. We're down in Charleston. Where should everyone go eat if they still have any room left after today? Give them two restaurants that they should go to. Uh, definitely Zaobao. Oh, my God. I've been there twice already, and I've been here for two days. 
So it's absolutely delicious. Uh, my God, there's so many incredible restaurants over it's, here. There's it's an amazing ordinary, city. There's Fig. Um, uh, there is the Bowen's Island. Uh, I mean, that, that is amazing. Uh, yeah, you can't go wrong. Thank you for joining us here on this special short uh, episode of The Line live from Charleston Food and Wine from the Heritage Radio Network, TP. I also want to thank our sponsors really quickly, uh, the Julia Child Foundation for making this Heritage Radio Network on tour at Charleston Food Festival possible. I'm Eli Sussman for Heritage Radio Network. Uh, please stick around and join us for more, uh, more shows live coming from Charleston. We'll be right back after this brief break. 